Just a heads up, this episode does contain some explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to The Looking Glass, a series that examines stories in all their varieties. I'm Peter Creighton. Hi, this is Pete from The Looking Glass Podcast, and welcome to this very special, very exciting episode. We're going to have a roundtable discussion about professional wrestling, why we love it, and why it is the Broadway of entertainment. Joining me for this very special conversation are some very dear friends. First, we have Mr. Monologue himself, Kevin Kellum. Hello, Peter. How are you? Professional broadcaster, very formal. Read your introduction, written word for word. Fantastic, Mr. Monologue. Thank you so much. To my left of me, we have the Encyclopedia of Professional Wrestling Knowledge, the one and only Patrick Reed. Good afternoon, all. To the middle is a very special young lady who has worked with me for well over a decade, being one of the best music directors ever in the history of WXAV, and over the course of three years, watched every single episode of Monday Night Raw, Miss <laughs> Katie Cascone. Can you move up a oh, little yeah. bit closer to Thanks the mic, Kate? Me, she briefly forgot how radio works. Oh, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> it's been a minute. We're yeah. all a little rusty. <laughs> a little it, rusty. it is. And to my right is a young man I have known for well over 25 years. We went to Marist High School together. We did college radio together. The one and only Christopher the Pooch Puckmelter. Uh, thank you for calling me young. Uh, I think you're the only one who maybe still says that. So he called you it. young and then immediately made you feel dated in the same sentence by saying 20 years. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, I said 25 years. <laughs> I, I haven't been in this studio for a long time, Peter. Are these omnidirectional microphones? Can I talk into the left side of it here? Or do I have to get around front? As Jimmy Dubs would say from our years in audio production, that is a cardioid microphone pooch. And make sure you talk into the pickup pattern. Oh, the pickup the pattern. Pick pattern. The pickup pattern. <laughs> this Peter is a spiker pickup pick pattern. Oh, that's going to be awful to edit right there, which is all that sharp P noises. Possibly you could pick it out. Hold on. Uh, Kevin is not here, but uh, if, if he can hear this, it'll be a testament to how these mic uh, arms have always been. Let's see if they still squeak. Oh, that's pretty wow. clean. No. Someone's yeah. been greasing the mic arms in the studio. Wait, what, 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 about the, what about the studio down the hall? That one will really creak. How, how are we there? Peter? They are silent, and they were donated to us by the great radio station in Chicago, 93XRT. So wow. that's Ooh. right. Uh, we're moving on up. Excuse me. You've dropped that. <laughs> uh, this is a, a, a Rumble Radio reunion. Uh, the four of us, we used to do a pro wrestling talk show in college that we had a lot of fun with. And then we ended the show and I started doing a podcast on my own for fun. And one thing just kept popping back into my head all the time. And that was a love of professional wrestling. And I wanted to get us all together and just talk about that. Talk about our love of the greatest sport in the world professional wrestling, sports entertainment, the WWE, WCW, NWA, AWA, all that good stuff. So what we're going to do on this episode of The Looking Glass is we're just going to talk about how we all became fans of professional wrestling. So Kev, I want to start with you. Uh, what is your first memory? How did you become a fan of professional wrestling? The first memory? The very first memory. 
uh, I'm real, real little. My older brother, Kieran, uh, is riding the wave of Hulkamania in the 80s. So uh, that's the first wrestler you kind of know if you were a little kid in the 80s. And he wasn't even a wrestler. He was kind of like a superhero that was a real person. And he felt a little bit more tangible than like comic books, which I was also into. I was like, well, he's like more of a superhero than Superman because Superman's just a drawing in a cartoon. He'll, I, I, I knew that. It wasn't like I knew wrestling wasn't a show. I, I kind of knew wrestling was a show, right? I had the brothers that held my eyes open to make sure I saw Hulk Hogan cut himself with a blade at WrestleMania 7 and put it in slow-mo and replay. I've told you guys that story before. So you know it's fake. You have to know it's fake, right? And I didn't mind that. I didn't care. I just thought they were more real superheroes. So I remember that, and I remember he had um, the Hulkamania exercise kit, and they were these, like, dumbbells that weren't real dumbbells that were filled with, like, three pounds of sand. James had that, too. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Your older brother James had that. Yeah. And there was a tape. There was a cassette tape and like exercises on a poster and stuff like that. And uh, Hulkamania was running wild in my household. And then I got way more into it than my older brother. And then I had a younger brother who was into it. And then it was like, um, I would, I would correlate like how I would watch television to when I could, we couldn't get pay per view. So when the pay per views came up, I would correlate when I would watch wrestling as to when the pay-per-view came out. Two weeks before the pay-per-view came out, I would stop watching wrestling. It was the only thing I kept track of on a calendar was when my birthday was and when wrestling pay-per-views were. Because he forgot his own birthday and he did the calendar for it. (laughs) And that is seven minutes and 12 seconds into uh, the podcast and someone's getting made fun of. Oh, don't worry. Pat will get it soon enough. He'll get it soon enough. But yeah, no, that, it was like getting it from your brother, I think. And the same way you like fall into music is someone in your house says, listen to this or this is what's going on, you know? A- absolutely. Patrick, what is your first memory of, I, of professional wrestling? I uh, sitting here as Kevin was uh, talking, I'm trying to think of what my first memory is. And I honestly don't remember life without it um, because Kevin, so Kevin's older brother, Kieran, that he referenced is the same age as my brother, James. So they were both like, you know, six, seven years old when Hulkamania was running wild, man. And I don't remember a time in my life without it. Like I, I distinctly remember watching WrestleMania three on beta that my dad had taped from somebody else's feed. Um, I like, I remember watching, superstars saturday mornings at yeah. 10 o'clock every every saturday morning cartoons were over wrestling came on yeah yep. uh and like i would always I, I remember watching the end of like child's play two or child's play three uh on usa before it would start and that terrified me all american wrestling uh, was there too and then on, on monday nights at primetime wrestling um in the, the wwe boardroom set um that i i just adored it was uh everything about it captivated me you know it was as as kevin said it was a superhero comic book come to life and it didn't matter what what its theatrics were what its uh authenticity was it's a beautiful art form that uh, captivated me and indeed 35 years later still does katie my first memory, uh, I got into the game a little late, so it was like the Attitude Era, 
So I remember uh, the first time I was at a, a birthday party. It was like No Way Out 1997 was the first time I've ever watched wrestling. My parents hated it, so I had to watch wrestling kind of in secret. And then my mom got mad at me because I taped over my baptism with like an undertaker <laughs> versus it was one of, the, it was one of the, the matches when like the ring was on fire and she was so pissed when she found yeah. out. So that was my fondest memory or earliest memory of uh, wrestling. Uh, you're more hardcore than all of us, Katie, right there. High school and then got, you know, super into it, you know, in the last probably like five, six years. I've watched every single thing possible on, you know, the WWE uh, Peacock and all that thing. I, I think Katie may have just won with like the greatest story ever. That's pretty dope. That is. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Okay. It's like, hey, baptism gone, ring of fire, now where baptism used to be. Inferno match, baby. <laughs> you went you went with the most satanic possible wrestling presentation from baptism to born of fire. <laughs> At least it wasn't the Undertaker sacrificing someone to and putting uh, Steve Austin on a crucifix yes. on yes. Monday Night Raw. Or trying to do the Black Wedding with Stephanie it's on the symbol. same crucifix. It's not, it's not a crucifix. It's a symbol. Oh, yes, a symbol. Me. My apologies. <laughs> Poochie, your, your earliest wrestling memory. So I did a little bit of, of research because I knew you were going to ask us this question. So, so uh, a couple of days ago, I, I had to hit up my mom and I was like, hey, that photo of me with the Hulk Hogan birthday cake. What year was that? What what birthday? And she's like, I don't know. Like I I can't see the candle like in the photo of like what age it is or whatever. I was like, flip it over, ma. I know you you adults. You write it on the back. <laughs> yeah. So sure enough, bingo, it's on the back. It was my second birthday. So uh, basically, I, I mean, you're two. So I you know the memory's foggy other than the photograph, but. I don't think you make the choice to like wrestling when you're two. So I'm guessing it was just Hulkamania running wild. You go to the cake store for your kid. And my dad's like, oh, Hulk Hogan, people eat this stuff up. Cool. And then from there, like probably my next memory is like probably like I think we moved. I was like five years old and there was like a video store right like down our block, like on the main street, like a like a two second walk from home. And I remember I, we, you telling would, me this. Yeah, he would take me. He would take me there every weekend and, and Coliseum home video and and you'd get the WrestleMania three and the SummerSlams. And WrestleFest 91. Yeah. Rampage so, 92 is my favorite, man. So uh, I, I have to say, even though I don't necessarily think that my dad was like a, a big wrestling fan at the time i think he just like knew that like hulkamania and stuff was popular and sort of like threw a couple of things that, that like my way and I, I ate it up and and then all of a sudden it was like a weekend tradition like rent a new tape until you've watched every one that the video store has and if nothing new came out since the last time you were there then you're gonna you rent an old one yep. yeah rent them yep. again yep. <laughs> yep i'll never see survivor series 1991 enough man arguably one of the best summer slams ever in survivor series ever I love it is that um, Undertaker beating uh, Hogan? That yeah. was Undertaker beating Hogan. Yeah. yeah, and the beginning of the heel turn of Shawn Michaels against Marty Jannetty. Yeah, right around there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so mine is, uh, we were not allowed to watch professional wrestling growing up, but my sister had a TV in her room, and she would sneak watch it. And I remember hanging out in the hallway, peeking in, and there's this character confronting the ultimate warrior and he was really dark and he had these gray gloves and there was a casket that had <laughs> these like logos on it and everything. And then all of a sudden the guy in black picked up the other guy and shoved him in the casket. And they were trying frantically to get the ultimate warrior out of the casket after the undertaker had just stuffed him in it for the first time ever. And I remember standing there going, 
he looks like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, and that's how I became a fan. And I think my mom just gave up because my dad grew, grew up being a, a pro wrestling fan. And, yes, he did. Uh, we just, from there on, very similar to you, Pooch, we would go to Popcorn Video, 104th and Western, and we would rent every single wrestling tape there was. And then when we went through them all, we'd go through it all over again. And when I was a little kid, I hate getting shots at the doctor. I'd always cry. And the way uh, my parents would bribe me not to cry is they'd go and say, if you don't cry, we'll go to the video store and you can get a wrestling tape. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I want to give a shout out too, since you name dropped the old video store. Uh, mine was R&R Video. It had a railroad logo and it was because it was owned by two guys named Rich and Ron. R&R Video. <laughs> And uh, and I am Facebook friends with Rich to this day. Whoa, that's awesome! So, cool. so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, he was always uh, he was always super cool to me and my dad, and uh, longtime customers. So still keep in touch on Facebook, and he is an awesome dude. And uh, I believe he is in California now, so uh, enjoying much better weather all the time. Good for him, man. Good for him. So I mean, there's so many different elements with pro wrestling that we can like really talk on and things like that, but. Outside of the action in the ring, what was it that was your favorite part of pro wrestling? Like for me, it was the action figures, like getting those Hasbro late 80s, early 90s wrestling action figures with the real wrestling action. I mean, that was like the greatest thing like in the world. Like for you, like what was like the different elements that really like captivated you all with with uh, pro wrestling? I think the thing that captivated me were were the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, because my favorite when I was a kid was the ultimate warrior and I was just cap like I could not turn away when he was on the screen. He was just so unbelievable. Like everybody WrestleMania six is Hulk Hogan versus ultimate warrior. And I feel like we were certainly a house divided. Like my brother was Hulkamania all the way. And I wanted the ultimate warrior to win so bad. Um, I just loved everything about the ultimate warrior, which is not great in 2023 but as a three-year-old he was larger than life he was awesome i had every action figure known to man um i had every magazine they had like it was you did did have every action figure i was so jealous of your action figures yeah it was like i don't know i just i i got them for my birthday i my parents just fueled the addiction to the highest order um I was the baby of the family. I got whatever I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. So that was sick. Uh, but yeah, like I just adored every aspect of it outside of the, the, the ring outside. just like, I don't know, just being able to look at these, th- they were real humans, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it wasn't a drawing. It was, I think Kev said that it, was, it wasn't a drawing. It was a real person. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just blew my little baby mind every single chance. Like the, one of the, the youngest photo that is currently on my family's refrigerator of me is of me and my ultimate warrior wrestling buddy. Like I, yes. I have, I had one too. I don't know where it went, but I had warrior, man. I can't imagine I'm more than four years old in it. Like it's such a it's a baby picture of me and it's right there. Like it's, I love the ultimate warrior, man. Yeah. Green, that neon, his running, that music. Oh, the oh, music is like perfection. God. It matched the character and everything. For sure, for sure. Kev, what about you? What do you feel? But like what what got you? For, for, I mean, I just used right? the Hogan stuff, and Hogan was so uh, 
for lack of a better phrase, by today's standards, overexposed. Even by then, when it wasn't on television three or four nights a week like it is now. Uh, it was on once or twice a week, and it wasn't like – and then cable kind of really st- started rolling in the 90s. Um, but it was Hogan, but then it was also like – I kind of realized this as I got older, that it wasn't so much the match. It was everything. It was the way you can make people react to things. I got into – I realized this, especially when I saw it live the first time, is I really liked how people – reacted to something i like i and i now that i'm involved in it as an adult i love the pop the reactions to that people give to everything it that is the drug that people who perform in it like that is the drug that i have now when i do like comedy stuff is making people feel good or feel something and lose themselves in the show and it was easy just to like turn your brain off and enjoy it it's the ultimate escapist type stuff you just pick, I like this guy, I don't like that guy, and I know there's a story, and I know it's over the top, and they're going to go out and do some insane stuff, and uh, and hopefully at the end of it, the good guy wins or the bad guy wins, but I'm still hooked. It, 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 and then it also plays up those larger-than-life elements, but then the gravity of it now is it evolved, it became more athletic, and you, you see these people do these outlandish things on paper that don't sound real, and then they do them, which you and I got to see many, many times, so... It's kind of weird. It kind of grew with it. Like it adapted to my tastes and, and, and preferences and stuff like that. The reactions, making, making a crowd lose their mind uh, mm-hmm. is awesome. Like I will never not want to see that. I, I will be in a wheelchair and still want to just hear people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I guess it was a lot of things, you know, like uh, the spectacle of it all, you know, as a kid, it's a lot easier to, to pull you into that <laughs> than as an adult. Um the merchandising, like, you know, I had, you know, same as, uh, same as Pat, you know, the wrestle buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember having that for, I don't know how many years through childhood. And even when he would get a little dingy and a little gray on his skin, he still, he still hung around, uh, all, all the toys. I remember having like the kind of like, I don't know how many inch tall, like pretty massive, like King Kong Bundy, like Hulk the Hogan, like the, the, yeah, the, the, like the rubber. Yeah. They yeah. Yeah. On him. Did we all get scuffed up all the time? Oh, oh yeah. They- scuffed up yeah. absolutely unequivocally scuffed up yeah king kong bundy i think had pen marks on his head yeah. in, in my for house sure. Yeah. Yeah. for sure yeah sure. but there was battle they were scars of war yeah that had battle war. damage uh, and yeah. then like you know there was like the like the little like thinner like rubber ones that like had like the thumb thing in the back like stick your thumb up their butt i had a couple of those i don't i don't know what those were <laughs> those were all troubles dude there you go so ljn was just like dealing like vandalay industries of wrestling they had the uh the rubber the rubber toys of of wrestling uh and then of course the the plastic action figures with the motion so you know like they made it look good on the commercial but it was never good at home like oh yeah you could do a body slam with ultimate warrior no it never worked that way like and then and then the motion would get messed up and one arm would get stuck and the other one would fling and so close to the real thing it's like being in the ring yeah it was was a little bit far from the real thing but nevertheless i I had the ring i had all my guys loaded up in there the guys that's what i call them yeah they're not dolls they're not dolls they're guys they're my guys guys. i'm playing with my guys figures yeah yeah Yeah. and my guys little little royal rumbles at home with my toys you know that there, that was the thing. I vividly remember coming up with like elaborate storylines because oh, if you oh, yeah, the, I yeah. had notebooks full of them. Oh, yeah. Me too. This guy was full a booker. Pat yeah. was writing the card with his full. toys. <laughs> I love yeah. that stuff. Katie, how about for you? Outside yeah, how about, how about a real adults start talking well, about Well, I got into it when like the Attitude Era started. So it was just, I, like my parents didn't want me to watch it. So it made me want, like, want Hell to watch it more. Yeah. So I would like watch it in like with their, their, their bedroom when they were like distracted and stuff. And then it was like, you know, like, 
I came into wrestling when it was like the tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my. So it was like the explosions, you know, and like just them doing the craziest things. They're kind of just like superheroes to me, you know. So and yeah. also like the Hardy Boys and yeah. Edge and Christian were hot as hell too. Dudley's, oh, yeah, like, yeah. But well, the that, Dudleys were hot, but like Jeff Hardy, Jeff yeah. was my boy. Oh, wow, uh, Lita lie. at the time, yeah, too. right. Yeah, yeah. Lita was hot as hell too. Yeah, every every rock and roll girl I knew in high school. They didn't know wrestling, but they knew who Jeff Hardy was. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I, I got to just ask, uh, was were we all WWF growing up? Was anyone NWA, WCW at the time? Uh, so I lived and breathed WWF, but I consumed any wrestling media that I could when I was a kid. Uh, I distinctly remember that um, maybe when I was 10-ish, uh, ESPN Classic would play before whatever the saturday morning show was um the, the wwf show they would play i don't know nwa awa whatever it was i would consume that mm -hmm. i i remember wcw being a, a a thing that that happened at saturday nights at 605 like yeah hey that another show's not on now i can watch that you know like you turned was... me on to wcw i didn't even know wcw existed to me it was only wwe pat pat and his brother her grandparents your grandparents live two two doors down and he was buddies with my brother so when he turned me i was like what and then i started to see the ads for wcw like video games and like marvel comics so i was like that was that's where you were as a kid i was like there's more wrestling than wwe i didn't have the idea that, that could happen yeah <laughs> and then in wcw you had their version of the ultimate warrior with sting with the face paint with this the yelling the, yeah you know like it Colorful was just tights and yeah, all that. Man, yeah it was uh it was incredible like it any it was always wwf i have always been wwf wwe i always will be until the day i die but like i'll consume i consumed any media that i could yeah uh i'm with you i was uh wwf growing up watching superstars on saturday mornings and then setting the vcr to record wrestling challenge at midnight and then watching it on Sunday morning. But uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Kevin Puji might remember, here in Chicago, there was a local channel called 66, which is now a Spanish language station, but it used to be English. And they would air WCW on channel 66. And I vividly remember watching uh, A Flare for the Gold in yeah. uh, like 93. He had just left WWF and returned back to WCW. Couldn't wrestle. Is this like the retirement match or something like that where... It was him against Vader, and uh, and they do all the stuff with him crying, and his kids are there, and everyone's like, "Rick, you shouldn't do it. Don't get in the ring with Vader. He's gonna yeah. kill you." Yeah, that was it. And I just remember being so excited because the British Bulldog was there, mm -hmm. and I'd always known the British Bulldog as a WWF guy, but now he was in WCW, so that got me watching that and everything too. Did you guys ever watch on the cable access channel when they would air? Windy City Pro Wrestling with the other I was going to bring that up, Pat. Windy City Wrestling, and then it became was, Windy before City I knew about WCW, I knew about Windy, Windy City, City, which was the local independent, and Sam DeSero and different stuff like that. And now, Pat, you and I have been involved with indie wrestling. We were always hearing old Sam DeSero stories from from old timers, you know? for sure. It just and it was this background of a red curtain that just had the words Windy City Wrestling in white letters behind it, and I like. I didn't know who those people were. I didn't care who those people were. They were wrestlers. So I consumed it. Like yeah. it was constant consumption for me. Anything yeah. that I could. Yeah. Pooch, were you WWF? Um, at first? Yeah. Uh, Cause it was the first and only thing I knew. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, 
recall exactly when I discovered uh, WCW, but I, I do remember like, you know, what Pat said, uh, like Saturday night, like 605, you know, I remember watching that. Uh, I remember just as, as a kid, just, you know, not really having the the grasp of like what we do now, like, oh, there's no way in hell this person will beat that person. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday nights, I'm sitting there like, come on, PN News, beat Rick Rude. <laughs> and it's just not going to happen. But I didn't know that because I was a kid. So, you know, I was I was just hooked. Um, and then like, you know, Sting, like you said, Surfer Sting, like I think that was the thing that drew me in. Like I, I loved him. I loved seeing him go against uh rick flair vader uh and and just kind of like i think as the the years went on getting uh to know some of their uh you know their uh locker room better and then probably liking it just as much um as as wwf um you know like maybe not you know like now like there's the whole thing about like oh an alternative to wwf but like it kind of was like I, I looked at them probably as equals, but just I think like the characters were different. The presentation was different. So like it it just felt good to watch both. I, I didn't have like any kind of loyalties at all. Uh, it, it just I enjoyed it all. I wanted to consume it all. I had my favorite characters in both. Um, as a kid, I know my dad took me to like a couple of WCW house shows. Uh, I watched Hulk Hogan blade against Vader. It was so blatantly obvious as he went to the outside of the ring, stuck his head under the apron. And like from the angle I could see, I watched him take it out and do it. And yeah. it was just as a kid, it was the weirdest thing. But uh, I'm jealous of you, Pooch. You got to see something I never got to see. I love Hogan. Talk about love and Hogan, right? Yeah. We never saw him wrestle live. Wow. I've never seen Hogan either. I saw Warrior. I saw Savage. I've never seen Hogan either. Man. Yeah. I've seen him live at like an impact show and he like cut promos and stuff. Um, but I never got never to see him wrestle. wrestle live. Yeah, I, I I know I have, but I don't remember. Like I, I was too young to remember seeing him wrestle live. Yeah. Did you go to one of like the Comiskey Park shows or something like that? No, I, I'm confident that I saw him at uh, like wrestle at Nitro or wrestle in WCW. Um, and I I know we went to a house show that was in oh man ninety one ninety two, which I mean like I'm I I couldn't like. I couldn't confirm for you here, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen Hogan wrestle live. Yeah, I've brought it up more wrestling as an adult than I did as a kid. And then there's so much stuff that I wish I saw that was in Chicago live that I wanted to go to and and all these different things. And and I was just the, uh, like my little brother liked it, but it was clear that I liked it so much more. Um, and for me, it was like he liked both, or he would follow it a little bit. And then he got more into it as like the Monday Night Wars picked up. There was a period where I was definitely more WCW than I was WWE. Cause just cause Hogan went there and the Macho Man's there. And it's just like, oh, and then they have a weekend show that's easier to watch. You know, I can go to that after soccer practice or what your life is like at that time. You know, well, I mean, there was also a legit period in the mid 90s where WCW was way cooler than WWF was. I mean, you had the NWO. Well, I mean, so here's, yeah. here's a question that I had like, all right, it's Monday night. It's 1997. What's our schedule here? Because mine is very, very, it was to a T from seven to eight o'clock. I would watch Nitro. Yep. And then I would switch to Raw. Yep. Was when this Raw, when they did the three hour Nitro? Yeah, man. Yes. They, had, they were doing three hour Nitros at the time. And then I would switch to Raw. And if Raw was in commercial, I'd go to WCW. And if whatever was on WCW hooked me for that moment, okay, I might skip a little bit of Raw, but I would always go back to Raw. Like always go back to Raw, and I would have my Nana, who lived two doors down from Kevin, 
tape the other show so I could watch the other show sometime that week. Like I was always like I would almost always watch Raw and then Nitro would be taped so I could get that tape and do that and all that sort of stuff. Like it was it was I very clearly WWF for me. But I would where, love to hear what Katie thinks of this as someone who's never had to deal with VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> what what it's Monday night, it's 1997. What are you guys doing? So I am very similar. Uh seven to eight. I am starting with Nitro. And then I think at that point Ross started at 757. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. I'd flip over to see what was happening at that point. And for me, I would usually stick with um wwe until it came closer to the main event because i'd want to see what nitro's main event was and if it was good then i'd stick around for that or i would stick with uh wwe throughout but nine times out of 10 97 i stuck with uh wwf because i for me personally that's one of my favorite years of wrestling ever has the incredible heart foundation steve austin feud bret hart's a baby face in canada he's a heel in america Mm -hmm. The rise of DX, I mean, McFoley becoming the beloved person that he is, Taker as the champion, like that was a really, really good year for me wrestling-wise. Then cross channels, you've got the evolution of what Sting is becoming. Yes, as the Crow, and not only that, you have Piper that's in, and Piper's Mm -hmm. fighting them. Oh, dude, Piper sucked in WCW. (laughs) He was so, like... At the time, it was like, oh, cool, Roddy Piper's here. And then it was like, what? He's just, he's like rambling. Like, this is incoherent babbling from an old man. Like, what is going on? I like, I want to, I can't wait to hear. Katie, were you like, by the time you were watching wrestling, Uh did you know that WCW was a thing? Was that a, like. I didn't know, actually. So I was solely like WWF. I would watch Raw and SmackDown. So, like, I kind of got into WCW and Nitro like that, like, late in the game. So Mm -hmm. I'm. So awesome. Yeah, because the, the age difference though, right? So you're in it while it's already hot. Like you're already it's like 99, 2000-ish. Yeah, Katie, when uh because you're probably what eighth, ninth, you know, early high school when uh what's the what's the age difference? Wait, what? oh. What's the age difference between us? I'm I'm 30, I'm gonna be 32. Okay. So I'm in my mid-30s. You guys are in your late fifties at this point. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. so we we grew up on the golden age of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> The golden age of wrestling, like, is 1990s WWE now, dude. Like, it's it, it it's, it's 40 years ago, man. You shut WrestleMania, your mouth. WrestleMania 3 is almost 40 years ago. Okay, man. well, well, I'm going to, in my brain, still pretend it's the black and white uh, Chicago Amphitheater <laughs> wrestling. I remember when you could win a match with a dropkick, and if you did too, the athletic commission came in and stopped the match. There's too many men jumping off the feet. Okay, Jim Cornette. <laughs> I mean, wow. it, I mean, it's it's kind of like weird when you look back at like music from 2000, and for you, it's like still cool, and then you kind of like realize, oh yeah, like when I was telling my parents their music was fuddy duddy, like my music is now old fuddy duddy stuff to to younger people, and and so yeah, uh, respect your parents. Don't don't be a, a douche because <laughs> it's gonna be you someday, kids. And it, and it's it's not a fun feeling. Um, I do I do a '90s hour in the radio shows I have now. The '90s rock hour. Green Day is classic rock now. Yes, man. Yes, and I do I do a bit about how let's make you feel old today with this. This is this old, and I, I say like you're gonna feel older in five seconds. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. This album that you love came out in 1990. <laughs> I just say it, and I yes. kind of play off the idea of it because. 
once you kind of acknowledge it, like Blink-22, Tom DeLonge's back in the band, so a bunch of Blink-22 fans are losing their mind. I was like, you wore Jinko jeans and Billabong t-shirts when this band came out. Now you take medication so your tummy doesn't hurt after you eat a cheeseburger. You know? <laughs> hey, dude, why don't you not shit on people with lactose intolerance? Okay? <laughs> there are millions of us. And you know what? After Blink-22 tour sponsored by Pepsi AC. <laughs> <laughs> if you're 30, by the way, and you don't have a lactose intolerance, you're a mutant, literally. It's like one in five people don't get the like don't get the mutation that turns you like hey i just wanted to rush home after high school to watch trl to find out what was the number one video of the hell day. Yeah, yeah man do you guys yeah. remember when tom green's uh the bomb bomb song, song. The yes. bomb song was number one it like beat out a backstreet boys song yeah yes. he, he was forced to retire it so that they wouldn't keep doing it yes yeah, that is amazing. my bum is on the swedish <laughs> swedish <laughs> oh god <laughs> All right, Glenn Humplick, but 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 yeah, <laughs> wow, but that's anyway. an individual that I forgot existed on earth. There you go. You know, the sad thing, he was married to Drew Barrymore at one point, Tom Green, Tom Green, Tom Green. Not yeah. Glenn Humplick. Oh, no, not Glenn, <laughs> um, Glenn, Glenn Moneybags Humplick. I still have what some a bl- name, Humplick. <laughs> really, I know, I, I still have, I think, some Tom Green show, like, I. I think I like had the VHS to DVD converter recorded my, <laughs> my Tom Green VHSs to DVD. But no, just uh, I bet it doesn't hold up. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. At the time, I, it I, does. I, I, it I does. thought I needed this on DVD. I need to take these these programs with me to the next generation. And so I, I transferred them. And I haven't since I transferred them, watched them once. So that shows you how stupid I was then. But uh, just to bring it back around to wrestling and feeling old, uh, you know, like you said, with the whole channel flopping and and you know if you have a a friend or a relative that can record the other show for you didn't have that so it was the anxiety the anxiety of sting is coming down from the rafters (laughs) on this channel and it's like stone cold and the rock and undertaker and triple h in like a donny brook in the main event of raw (laughs) and i'm changing the channels every 15 seconds trying (laughs) to watch both missing significant pieces of each one and like my dad's in the living room looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? Just pick one. I'm like, I can't. There's... At the it's time, too cool. As, as a kid, as a kid, you know, you 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 want it to just be like, when this one goes to commercial, this one's gonna have something cool. When this one goes to commercial, that one's gonna have something cool. And once in a while, you might luck out, and that might be the case. But as a kid, you don't really understand. Oh, this is a ratings war. They're intentionally going to do counter programming to each other. So in this quarter, they're going to put this match or this segment on intentionally because the other show has this going on. You don't know that as a kid. You're just flipping the you know what out and you don't understand how you're going to watch both at the same time. And I just every week stressfully tried to make the best of it. And it was just awful. And Pooch that started to go gray at like 17. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and, and, and and as Kev alluded to the, the kids these days, you have DVR. You don't. You don't have to worry about VHS tapes. Kids and, don't use and, DVR and channel now. Dude, it's all on. Hey, you know this. I have a nephew. Uh, you, you have kids you work with now. They'll watch through clips. They don't even have to watch the whole show, yeah. and then maybe they'll watch the pay per view. Well, this it's this, called the YouTube guys. This yeah. is one of it's the a new website. When we were uh, planning this and thinking about this, this is something that's been like on my mind a lot, and I don't know if anybody agrees with this or disagrees with it, but like in Pat Creed's life my like i i remember time in terms of wrestling shows like i remember you know if you asked me well how old were you when you were five i would go wrestlemania eight 
So that's 92. That's yeah. Like that's, that's where my mind goes. And the thing that like has just messed me up to the highest degree is like thinking about something like the difference between WrestleMania seven to WrestleMania 10, right? Mm -hmm. That's three years, right? As a kid, that seemed like a lifetime in wrestling. That was a lifetime, right? Like you went from the fourth match on WrestleMania seven being like Virgil and Ted DiBiase to the fourth match on WrestleMania 10 being a ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Like that's the level of athleticism that happened within three years. Right. So that's three years in our lifetime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, three years ago from now was WrestleMania 36 in, uh, what in the hell was that? What show was that? I don't even know what show that was. I don't know. That was the pandemic. That was the pandemic. That was the pandemic WrestleMania. See, like, that's why you don't holy remember. Holy shit, guys. Like, that's incredible. Like, that's the difference in time. Like, think of that. Like, it was a lifetime between WrestleMania 7 and WrestleMania 10. And the pandemic was like, oh, yeah, remember when that happened yesterday? Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, man. I, you know what? Time else? is wild. The, the other thing that really, like, messes with my head uh, time-wise is thinking about the evolution of wrestling video games. Like, I remember, like, playing NES, like, stuff where the honky-tonk man's guitar was bouncing around as a power-up, and, <laughs> and you had to go grab it. And the moves were like punch, kick. Like, I don't, there was no like special moves or finishers back then, I don't think. Uh, and then you got to like uh, N64 wrestling, which was amazing. And people still no play mercy. it. Yeah. And people still play it till today and, and call like, you know, No Mercy, like one of the best wrestling games of all time. And then you go through, you know, PlayStation and, and PlayStation 2, Xbox, Xbox 360, all the way up to where you are now with the current gen systems. And it looks so damn realistic and, and lifelike. And so you look at it now where it's like with the latest gen systems, you're like, wait, am I watching TV? No, that's a video game versus like N64 where like you just had this smushed face stone cold. And it's like, oh, like, is that, <laughs> is that stone cold? If he didn't have black underwear and knee braces on from the face, I wouldn't know it's him like. So it's just insane. Like it makes you feel really old that you've been there alive for the first wrestling video games to now. And it's just like, holy crap. Like if you put that on a big screen TV, I can't tell if it's real TV or a video game at this point. It's so realistic. But you know what? We looked for it because I vividly remember hunting to get WrestleMania 2000 on Nintendo 64. And that was actually the first thing I ever bought off of a new website called amazon.com. Whoa. Because Toys R Us did not have it. And I went to Orland, I went downtown, I went to the one in uh, on, on Cicero, couldn't find it anywhere. And then I remember my dad going, well, I think there's a new website called Amazon. We might want to go a check that website. out. Well, yeah. So, so if you want to, if you want to know like uh, what regret feels like as a as a kid and and just making a poor decision, uh, I remember being super 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 into ECW, and, <laughs> and and they came out with their first video game, and it was out around the time that it was impossible to find WrestleMania 2000 for N64. Anarchy rules. Yes, and and so I basically just gave up on you know like I, I, at some point this like crazy mania for this game will will die down and eventually you can walk into a store and get it without it being a whole you know search have your dad run around town with you finding uh, somewhere where it's in stock so then 
the one day uh, I'm like, hey, I want the ECW game. I'll move off of this WrestleMania 2000 thing. You know, I'll circle back to that. But I, I'm in the ECW, and because they can say swear words, right? Bleed. Right. <laughs> and I mean, the girls wear no clothes on the show. And and at the time, I have no realization in my mind that the game is going to be directly mapped from the WWE game by like acclaim and be the exact same game with like ECW which skins, sucks. Which, yeah. sucks. which sucked exactly. Yeah. So my dad, bless his heart, is uh, go, goes, I'll stop at the, the mall at the electronics boutique for you, son, <laughs> on the way home from work. And what I would have ECW. So he goes up to the desk and he asks the cashier, hey, do you have that new ECW video game for, for PlayStation? My son's looking for it. And he goes, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, we do. He's like, but actually, he goes, like, just like an hour ago, we just got in a shipment of WrestleMania 2000 for N64. Does, like does he have an n64 and and my dad's like yeah i think he does so he calls home my mom picks up the phone and goes hey your, you know your dad's at the store he, he wants to talk to you okay and and he's like hey so weren't you looking for that wrestlemania 2000 game they have both like what what do you want and you know I, i'm a pretty cool kid you know like i'm not gonna ask for both i'm not selfish no, pooch. I, I go oh dad <laughs> get me get me ecw anarchy <laughs> no, pooch. i am a Gosh darn moron! <laughs> I really want to swear about how stupid I was, but I'll keep you it can't. PG. It, Pooch, it's a podcast. Dude, there's an gosh, MA thing. Gosh darn it! There's a parental there's advisory. A parental there's advisory. a little E on Spotify, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want right to censor to come out and yell at me. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I chose I chose ECW. Uh, got that game new with a nice little wrapper, and had to wait many 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 years uh to then buy wrestlemania 2000 used uh i'm an idiot i think we can only say one thing to that pooch and now i'm thinking of bob barker hosting monday night raw in chicago (laughs) so i want to just bring up because one of the things that has always kept me being a fan of professional wrestling is conversations like that with the community the wrestling fan community is really something special and it's this common thing that we could reference like i could go to katie and say hey katie remember that first ladder match with the hardys and edge and christian at no mercy 1999 she'll know exactly what i'm talking about what is it about the community of wrestling fans that makes it special and katie i want to start with you on this one special yeah um just other people enjoying the same thing you know just the excitement that someone else has because i get i get yelled at at parties matt will tell me like is she talking your ear off about wrestling and i'm the only one excited (laughs) about it and the other person's just staring at me (laughs) so it's nice to talk to other people who share the excitement (laughs) Uh, do you remember us running into each other at riot fest you had your wwe championship belt fanny pack on and i wanted to make sure i could film it oh yeah 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 i do yeah, I, and then I spent the rest of the day running into people oh, at a rock concert, <laughs> all wearing wrestling t-shirts. I was so t-shirts. excited. I'm yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> um, well, it's see, like I think the live, like sitting here in a room and like being around and talking with my friends, like the live community is really, really cool for the most part. Uh, but the internet community sucks, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have anything to do with internet wrestling, and <laughs> I avoid it at all costs. I never read Squared Circle Reddit. Um, I don't want other people's opinions on it because everybody is just so lame and they want to, well, it should be do, done this way. Why, why don't you just like watch what is presented to you? And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Like 
I don't go into, um, you know, a movie like Avatar 2 and be like, oh, you know what they should have done? They should have done this. This is they should have gone this way with it. It's just like, no, I'm going to watch the art that's being presented to me. And if I like it, I'll like it. If I don't, I don't like don't watch it. If you don't like it, don't like you don't have to Monday morning quarterback every single thing that you do. Just enjoy it. And the more <laughs> uh, Kev, can you hear the squeaks? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, Squeak. It's just like, enjoy it more. And that's why, like, Kev, I, this, I, I, I read like no wrestling websites. I don't do any of that. I just like, don't want, I don't want to be sullied by that. I don't want other people's opinions to come in and ruin what I love. I'm just not interested in that, you know? Well, Pat, thank you for uh, disparaging my, my life's work. I really Well, it's just that. like, you know. <laughs> The news, I, is no, great, Pat. I completely get it. I, no, I, no, no. And I, 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 I say this as somebody who works in it now, like that. I turn that passion into my job now. It's so cool. I spend more time working in I'm wrestling so than I do in, in anything else that I it's thought so I'd be tight. working in. Uh, I'm and so I have to wallow in all of that. And, Kevin, and all Kevin the people Kevin, that like, I'm so goddamn proud of you. I just have to say it. No. I'm so proud of you. You get to make your living doing wrestling. That's so sick. Yeah, and there's days when I'm just like, oh, this is a hot angle. Like, when WWE was going to be up for sale, I was literally having a panic attack at how much we were going to have to do. Yeah. Like I was having a physical panic attack of like, are we going to be able to get all this work out? And, and like, that was something that like hit late at night and I was with my girlfriend and she's like, what's going on? I was like, WWE could be bought by like today. And, and, and I was like talking to people and I'm like calling up someone I know at ESPN and like talking to them about it. And I'm saying, do you know who this is? Or like, if I can get a hold of a, a wall street financial firm to be able to talk to him about like the potential sale price. And I'm talking to my dad. I was like, dad, do you, do you know a stockbroker I could talk to you at like 1130 at night? And she's like, what are you doing? And I, and I was like, you don't get it. Like, you, like, I just have to like explain it to her. And it sounds insane when I step outside of myself, but I agree with you, Pat, like that losing yourself in it, part of the internet. Cause the internet now allows anyone to do it with any type of fandom. You can yeah, do it with any right. thing. Any type of band, any and and then there's this kind of like it boils over into this negative side, and that's I think is an unfortunate part of human nature. The Monday morning quarterback thing that was something we did when we were having the podcast all the time. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, and like I that's when I had a very like you know toxic relationship with wrestling. Like I did, I I I overthought it, and it was not something I enjoyed doing. And now I don't overthink it. It's just like I'm gonna like. If if it's cool, it's cool. If it's not cool, it's not cool. That's fine. And you enjoy I, it more. I, I do. I, I I significantly enjoy wrestling more now than I ever have before in my life. Like I, it's, I it is purely there for my entertainment, and it is not something that I'm going to like. Over life, over time, I've tried to become a much, much, much less angry person, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to get angry because they didn't like the guy who I think should be champion isn't champion. Right. Like, you there's, know what I mean? There's a, a line that I think, uh, with age, you, you transition across. Um, when we were younger, like very young, you're, you're completely innocent to all that. you you just, you know, there's no prejudice against anything. You just take it in for what it is. And you, you loved it as a kid. Then when we're older and we're in college and, and we're doing a podcast about it, um, we had opinions and, and we expressed them and, you know, they weren't always all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, you know, some stuff we didn't like. And, and it's fine to have that that opinion. But 
I think, and, and you know, Kev can attest to, to this probably like not to, again, disparage your job, but when you have to have like an obligation to have a weekly opinion about something, it takes a little bit of the fun out of it. And it, make, it makes wrestling feel like work, which I don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I just started running out of time for shit in my life. So when I look at Twitter and I see people who like spend eight hours of their day, just slagging like down all the different federations and, and the products and playing like armchair like wrestling booker i'm just like how do you have time to do this i watch it if i like it amazing if i don't all right and i move on because i don't have time to stress myself out with wishing the world was different and that this happened a different way like do i still have those opinions yes but do i have the time to go blah 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 to a bunch of strangers about it and try to convince them i'm right no and you're not going to get anywhere with that people who are negative on the internet about wrestling you're not going to like tweet back at them and they're going to have this revelation and be like, Oh my God, you're so right. I'm an asshole. Like <laughs> they're just going to keep doing them and you should keep doing you. And you'll and, be and a lot of it is other people that like feel the same way as them. So it's just like, Oh, well, I'm right because I found enough people that agree with me. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I work with someone. Um, yeah. I'll avoid it. I, I work with someone in the industry who certainly has that, they're held to that pedestal of having a fairly negative opinion of th- something like that. And then I work with somebody who's a completely different opposite side of that. Who's very much like loves the craft of wrestling and focuses on what they enjoy about it. Yep. And, and I, and it, that's the fun thing about it is there's all these different takes on it that aren't the same. And there's all these, and now with the, the way you can put stuff out on the internet, there's so many more different styles of wrestling. There's so many different presentations that you can do and pat you know this from the independent world you can have a show about wrestling now that is almost exclusively for gay people like mm-hmm. like they have they, and they have characters that are completely centered towards that type of audience and effie's doing that and then you have like shows that are completely for like mma people that like wrestling there's a show called blood sport that'll come out once or twice a year yeah. that is just for people that want a show to look like the movie blood sport and as crazy as super serving as that is with the internet, you can kind of do that. And I think part of it is the internet thing. I go on the internet. I just want to see what I want to see. But I also want the whole world to succumb to my personal algorithm. And that isn't real. Because when you go to a show, it's like, I know it's a three-ring circus. I know there's going to be elephants to entertain somebody else, tigers for this person and this person. And WWE still understands that. I go to a wrestling show. I want to see a kid cheer for their favorite guy. I will likely boo okay. that guy. But maybe I want to cheer for my guy. And then, wow, uh, that, that kid's dad and I are cheering for the same guy. Nothing. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to like things that other people don't like. And I think the older you get, the more you understand that. And wrestling, I think, has evolved with that, too. Nothing better than going to a live wrestling show and sitting near a bunch of kids. It's the it's the best. It's the, they they love it. It it brings me back to like that 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 was me. Like that was unequivocally me. Right. And it's so adorable to see that. It's so great to see that. It's and, so awesome and, to like and I watch think, that, to watch these kids do that and to watch their enthusiasm just like hell yeah. This is this is so sick. And I think that's the big takeaway that I'm getting from this conversation is that it's almost like we're rediscovering that love that we had as kids of pro wrestling where it's like I'm just going in there because it's a story and it's like, if I don't cheer Cody Rhodes right now, like he's not going to be able to beat Roman. He needs me there. (laughs) You know, there's that whole like fun element. And for me, uh, everyone here knows this. I, I stopped being a wrestling fan for a long time after we did rumble radio and it ended because it wasn't fun to watch. 
it was dissecting it and yeah. having to have an opinion about it. And I think it was at your house, Pat, it was one of the WrestleMania parties you had and just sitting there watching it and being there with a group of people and getting back into it where you're cheering again and you're excited and you're just living in that moment of that match. And it was exciting again. And that's what made me a fan again. So I think like for me, it's the overall internet wrestling community is overall negative. But when you get a group of fans together, like we are right now in a room or on Zoom and we're talking wrestling, that's the best because we're hearing each other's stories and we can relate to them and enjoy them and, you know, really in, see the fun of it all. Because at the end of the day, it should be fun to watch. Yeah, It's entertaining. It's also lazy to give me your easy hate take. It's lazy. Intellectually, it's lazy. It's it's junk food first. You know what I mean? And it's um, but I also understand the human nature of it. They're, they're, it's OK to talk about what you don't like. But if you're putting more energy into that, what's what? How do you love this thing or do you just you just go with it because it's your routine, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's it's it, you, you nailed it. You're putting negative energy out into the world. And that's and I, I, and think, I, I don't want to do that with my life anymore. I, yeah, I think like that that's like one takeaway where it's at a certain age it, it sort of just dawned on me that's like okay like you don't like this company or you don't like this wrestler or you don't like this storyline that's fine but you can kind of just you know say that in passing or keep it to yourself because there's people out there who do like that yeah. the wrestler in the ring that you think is garbage is living out his or her dream mm -hmm. the booker who wrote that storyline who you know the agent who's helping with that match like they all are living their dream this is how they make their living i don't go walk up to the plumber and be like hey i think you suck plumbers are stupid <laughs> because one day i'm gonna have my toilet overflowing and i'm gonna need a plumber this toilet gets here. zero stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, Negative you know, two stars. And, and it was the same thing with like, you know, like little kids, like you said, watching them them cheer. And, you know, if there if there's, you know, CM Punk versus John Cena and you're part of the, the people that were cheering for, for CM Punk. And, and when people are cheering for John Cena, your counter chant is F you, Cena. But there's a little kid who's going to ball his eyes out that's sitting two seats from you with what? his parents when when Cena loses. Like there's a day where it dawns on you like, all right, yeah, you know, I'm cheering for for CM Punk because I'm an adult. But this kid here and his family all have their neon green shirts and their headbands and their wristbands and they want John Cena to win. I'm just going to shut the fuck up, because when I was that age, I, I, I wasn't tried. If my I was, guy, I was at Money in the Bank. I let that kid have it. I'm not up. I'm still going to cheer for CM Punk. <laughs> but, okay. but like, I, I, I'll cheer for CM Punk, but I'm not going to say, like, F you, Cena next to a four-year-old. It's not in a vitriolic tone. It's just like, let's like, let's just. It's all of us. We're just doing this fun thing. Like we, I, I was, so I was at, um, we're recording. I don't know when you're going to relate to release this, but we're recording it in early February. Um, and I was just at the Royal Rumble in San Antonio and I'll tell you what, I didn't even were, know you went Pat. Yeah, we went a postcard. Um, sorry, dude, I didn't see any, um, <laughs> they didn't have any Royal Rumble postcards. Um, <laughs> They but, should do that. They would spend so much time. Wish you were here. Hey, I'm a Australian, you know. I'd say <laughs> or entry thirty-one. Uh, um, so but like, you know, we were we we were there, and the fuck you Roman chants were overwhelming, and there were little kids that were near us. I could have cared less because <laughs> at that moment in time. I wanted Roman Reigns to know that I hated him <laughs> and I wanted him to know it, man. And you know what? It, and, and to like, and the, again, this is my thinking, like um, that's not my responsibility to teach a kid 
to teach a kid who <laughs> doesn't belong to me. That's his parents' responsibility. So it's the parent responsibility you brought, to say you're not allowed to say that. You brought your kid here. You let him watch this on TV. You see the rating. Sorry, dude. <laughs> this old man like kept turning back when it was like, F you, Roman. He kept turning back and looking at us. And it was like, dude, why don't you like just tell the kid that don't do that? Like these guys are idiots. Don't follow that. Like that's the appropriate response to that. I want to have fun. You want to have fun. If the little kid, because the little kid is going to like go back to school the next day and be like, guys, I was at the Royal Rumble and these guys behind us for saying the F word. <laughs> that would be me. I would have been that kid in second grade going, guys, I was at the house show last night. You're not going to believe what was said. <laughs> Trish Stratus was there. <laughs> so I want to start just wrapping it up here because this has been such a fun conversation to have. So I want to kind of go around and get everyone's, you know, just take on just wrestling as a, as a whole right now. So, um, Kev, I'm going to start with you. You should let Kevin go last because you know that thing he always says and it should end your show. I'm that, just putting you know, my two cents in. No, Pooch, you're absolutely right. So, actually, Pooch, we're going to start with you. Um, for I you. have to do the sign-off race? You're going to yeah, do the sign-off. Yeah, you're going to do that, that thing you do. All right, all right. Every time you do that thing you do. I Very underrated. Uh, <laughs> God, we're old. So, uh, Kev, um, Nope, pooch. You're going to pooch. Thank you. Right. See, that's why you're here. You, you're I'm here to keep hanging. you on track. Yeah, you are. <laughs> on my own show. He, yes. <laughs> He's your producer. He's he is my keep producer. You uh, Poochie, um, where are you as a wrestling fan? And do you see yourself being a wrestling fan for, you know, the rest of your life? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I don't get to watch it as much as I would like. Um, sometimes I am relegated to, you know, little tidbits on, on Facebook and Twitter and, and, and the highlights and stuff. Uh, if, if you talk to my girlfriend who I live with, uh, she thinks it's stupid, uh, how much wrestling is on the DVR that I have to play catch up with. Um, and it, she's like, she's like, you know what happened? You saw it on the internet. I'm like, right. But the craft of the match itself, I don't care that I saw the highlight of the finish. I need to see the whole 15 minute match. And I don't care if I'm still watching AEW Dynamites from August of this past year. I need to watch it in its totality because I'm into it. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't have time in my busy life to watch every waking second of it. I am perpetually playing a game of catch up. Um, and the the thing I guess that that feels good about it is not us doing a podcast or not having it be my job as, as Kevin. I give a little bit of self-imposed pressure to myself because I, I thoroughly enjoy it and I do want to catch up and I do want to watch everything live when I can, um, you know. But there's not like this pressure of of it feeling like a job. Like, do I want to catch up so that like I know every little iota of storyline going into the next pay per view? Sure, I do. But adulting is hard, and 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 I just can't devote as many hours to it. And there's a lot more product out there now than there was when we were kids. So, oh man, it's almost um, too much like product at this point. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I'm a I'm a fan now. I always have been. Uh, the industry goes ups and downs. You know, it ebbs and flows. There's lull periods. There's boom periods. Um, but you know, kind of like the theme of what we said, it's, it's fun to talk about, uh, you know, it's your friends and, 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 and you make new friends through it. Like my best friend at work, it's because, uh, on the other side of a cubicle wall, I heard him say something about wrestling and I shot him a message on teams. I'm like, did you just say, <laughs> and, and now we're like the best friends and all, all wrestling friend. Friends. Yeah. Wrestling friend. Wrestling yeah. friend. Yeah. So, you know, we just, we just bonded through that and, and, you know, and then uh, we like each other for other things too. 
by Jove, but it started with wrestling. Uh, so yeah, and then you know this this past year went to all out AW strangers two cars over like you know cooking having beers just walk up to us and start shooting the shit like sometimes you get a weird person that walks up to you and does that but these were cool people and and we just chit chatted and we're like you know left it with like oh man hey great talking to you for a little while hey enjoy the show yeah you too you know like the, those kind of interactions uh are, are what makes like wrestling and that community great and, and for me i think that will always be there uh I, I will close with saying that my uh my friend's uh fiance's grandfather uh he's no longer with us but when he was he was 80 something years old on his couch and he was cheering for john cena and just <laughs> as a child awesome. again as a child again just purely cheering for it like no indication that it was fake no indication that it was predetermined he just wanted john cena to win and and that was with him in his old age and i i feel like if that's where i am where i just completely like enjoy it without reservation that's that's what i would like wrestling to be for me for the rest of my life love it katie i i think i'm always going to be a wrestling fan like pat said i think as i get older i like it more and more and then especially you know when they came out with the stuff on the network and peacock and you could watch everything from like the 1980s on like i live for macho man commentary <laughs> <laughs> so you know like my my 30th Katie, birthday what's your favorite macho man macho commentary man, and i signed characters to like everyone that came to my party i was like you have to be this wrestler <laughs> so i just find myself as i get older like loving it more and more and being able to talk with people who love it just as much as i do it's just like you know i'm awesome now uh, <laughs> uh katie kevin had a question for you oh, real yeah. quick Katie, I'm first off, I'm jealous that you experienced this stuff for the first time. Like that's that drives me crazy. Like I wanna I wanna I wanna I you know we watch those videos where it's like teenagers react to Nirvana, you know, like like that, that that's <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite macho man line? Because he's such a specific personality, and you're only seeing him as a commentator, not as a wrestler. Oh, and just like the catchphrase, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a favorite macho man oh, yeah. commentary line, if you don't mind. Uh it's from WrestleMania nine. Okay. And it is, uh, here, here we go. <clears throat> <laughs> They're hanging from the rifters in the oh, Roman yes, Coliseum. Yes, yes. Except the Coliseum doesn't have rafters, they have columns. So they're hanging from the columns. Woo, yeah. Yes, yes, that was perfect. Okay. <laughs> Boy, that didn't hurt. It used to. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that never used to hurt. Like, that's it, definitely like it a favorite did. of mine. <laughs> That's such a good line. I, I still, nailed it. I still maintain that uh your dusty is the best. Uh and You know, I was uh so I work <laughs> in a high school um uh as a counselor and I was walking down the hallway with a kid the other day and he was talking to me about Cody Rhodes and he he asked me like why are they talking why are Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes talking about this being personal with the with his dad? Like who's his dad? And I got to tell this kid about who Dusty Rhodes was. As I'm walking down the hallway, I'm like, buddy, you, you like when you get a time today, you need to watch the Dusty Rhodes Hard Times promo. Yep. Hard and times. just and just watch <laughs> that and recognize like the, the the glow, the 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 distinct personality that was there. And with with all due respect to other athletes, um, professional athletes that play a real sport, if you will, like you know, Tom Brady gives a press conference and you don't want to jump through the screen to support Tom Brady. Uh, I watched that Dusty Rhodes promo a month ago and I was emotional watching it. 
because it was it was he was so ingrained in what he was saying to you. 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch and they kick him in the butt and say, <laughs> Daddy, a computer took your job. <laughs> My belly's just a little big. <laughs> My honey's is just a little big. I may oh. not look like the athlete of the day, but baby, they know I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've wined and dined with kings and queens, and I slept in alleys eating pork and beans. Uh, stuff, man. Yeah, great stuff. Patrick, for you, wrestling will be my favorite thing in my life forever. And I know that. And that's never going to change. Um, professional wrestling, um, I have had the privilege to work within it um behind the scenes um in a couple of independent promotions and i've made friends who you watch on television every week um some of them i consider to be my best some of my best friends in the world uh and i still talk to them and i love seeing their success it makes me uh, emotional thinking of their success i the amount of times i've cried watching wrestling is immense because i see my friends, my dear friends doing these things and living that dream that Pooch talked about. And uh, the best friends that I have in my life, like the people that I want to hang out with the most are the people that I talk to wrestling about every week. Um, it will always be the thing that I love the most that is never going to change. Um, and uh, professional wrestling is art it is entertainment. It is sport. Uh, to sum up my relationship with it, it is beauty. It is happiness. It is joy. And I want it to remain that way forever. Really quickly, to not name drop all the people that you just alluded to uh, in a blanket statement that uh, that you're friends with that we all watch on TV. Uh, I just want to throw one out to see if we could get you on record saying something nice. Would you say that you are proud and emotional of, of Mia Yim? Or what? No. Fuck. <laughs> so you're going to continue to Shelton Benjamin here in public. Okay. Just, just checking. <laughs> I figured you wouldn't get it uh, recorded and documented and published. Not Any, anything chance. nice about me. Worst human being in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kev. Close us up, button us up with this, my friend. It's just so weird that something I liked as a kid, and almost everything I liked as a kid, is now something I'm involved with professionally like and and i i do it five days a week six seven days a week i travel across the country i've gotten to i was in a press box at wrestlemania last year and this isn't like oh my life like oh look at me none of this is about me it's about the connection you have with it that runs so much deeper than just enjoying it it now becomes your life and it makes you appreciate it in this whole other tangible way you know and I remember sitting in there and just being like, hey, like 10 year old version of you would be would be like, this is so cool. You know, like like, like this is like and and then um, that I'm like uh, I went with my brother. My brother was at the one. He didn't get to come with me in the press box. But I remember us. We went to the Hall of Fame and The Undertaker went in and The Undertaker was our guy. When we were little kids, we saw Undertaker versus Undertaker, not even the best Undertaker match. But we went to that as kids. And that was the first wrestling show we went to together as kids. And now it's over, what, almost 30 years later. And and uh, we're going to WrestleMania and we're watching the Hall of Fame. And we're 50 yards away from the guy that was this otherworldly, larger-than-life Batman, right? He's the real-life Batman. And we're watching him kind of, like, wrap up his life's work in one speech. And everyone around him that loves him is there. 
And I'm just like, I love this. I love this like passion for this thing that is just people playing characters, right? But it's you go on the ride, you invest in the ride, and the ride is more powerful than anything else. It is more powerful than any other drug or anything else. It is something you never want to give up because when it's great, it's great. And when it's bad, goddamn, it's still better than other things that think they're great. And um, and I remember sitting there in the press box and then I would leave and I would be very professional. I'd be like, oh, cut, 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 cut. and then I left and I went and watched matches with my brother. I was like, and now I'm going to go back up there and do this professionally. So I, I don't know what my life is, but I never want to give it up because it's who I am now. It's so tied to who I am. I, I want I want wrestling pictures up at my funeral. You know what I mean? I want that. that that's who I am. And you don't deny who you are. You get to a certain age, you like what you like, you love it, and you probably love it more than you even did when you were a little kid because uh, you have a better mental capacity to do so. And like I said, I think the most important thing is turn your brain off, cool down a little bit, get your drink, maybe get your phone out just to text your buddies and ask them if they're watching the match. You don't want to give away the spoilers, right? But it's about the good guy. It's about the bad guy. And it's the ultimate escapist art form. When watching wrestling, the most important thing is to enjoy wrestling. I can't think of a better way to end this podcast than on that note. Thank you to Kevin Kellum, Pat Creed, Katie Casconi, and Chris, the Pooch Puck Melter. I'm Peter Creighton. And from everyone here at The Looking Glass, I'd like to wish each and every one of you a happy WrestleMania. Because we're in WrestleMania season. WrestleMania 39 is coming up. Be sure to check it out. Until next time. They need the plug. They do need the plug. They need need this plug, Peter. Kevin, Kevin, make sure that your mom asks us all at WrestleMania, did the good guys win? I worked that into my brother's best man speech. Pat was there. I worked that into the speech. Did the good guy win? Did the good guy win? I I worked that into the speech. I said, no, your son did. (laughs) i think it's safe to say that all the good people have won today thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with another exciting episode of the looking glass i'm peter creighton cheers the looking glass podcast was created by peter creighton and stephen anderson For the Love of Wrestling was written, edited, and produced by Peter Creighton. Special thanks go out to Katie Cascone, Christopher Pooch Puckmelter, Pat Creed, and Kevin Kellum. You can follow Kevin on Twitter at Kev Kellum. You can also find him on sportskeeda.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-K-E-E-D-A.com. I'm Peter Creighton, and be sure to tune in for another exciting edition of the Looking Glass podcast. Cheers.